Amen. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you, Tommy. I was reading this week of a story that maybe you have heard about. Uh, maybe not. It's been around a little bit. But I thought this story is uh, applies to today's message. Today's message is Jesus loves you. Jesus loves me. A uh, very simple message. But the story that I read was about uh, a family who uh, had a little boy and a little girl as their children. And uh, the little boy had come down with a rare blood disease, and, and he had been able to overcome the blood disease, and he had the immunity in his blood. And, uh, but after he got well, his little sister got the disease. And uh, they, the doctors came and were talking to the family, and, and she was in pretty bad shape. Uh, the brother and the sister both had the same type of blood type, and uh, they were talking, and basically he was the only, the only person who could donate his blood for the transfusion to save his sister's life. And they talked to the, the little boy, and, and he kind of explained to him that that sister was really sick and uh, would need, uh, they needed his blood, if you would. And it says he thought about it for a little bit, and he said, you know, he said, I will give my blood for my sister. Well, a couple weeks later, they went into the hospital, and and here she was uh, sick and pale and weak, and the little boy now was strong, and he was healthy, and they took him to the rooms back there, and they they put the IV in him, uh, the little boy, and, and he got real quiet. And uh, I'll be with you just a minute. And they stuck that IV in him, and he was there, and he was watching the blood come out of his body. Was going to go into his sister's body. And he got real quiet again. And as uh, they were about to finish, he said, Doctor, when will I die? You see, he loved his sister so much. He was willing to die for her. You see, that's an earthly picture of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who loved us so much that he was willing to die for us. 1 John 3.16 says it this way, we know love by this, that he laid down his life for us. And we might lay down our lives for the brethren. See, that's my Jesus. That's my Jesus. He loved you and me so much that he willingly shed his blood on the cross so that you and I would never have to deal with eternal punishment. He loved us so much. You know what kind of love that is? That is a love that says that is agape love. That is unconditional love. That is sacrificial love. That he would give up his own life. So that you and I 
could have eternal life with him forever and forever. You, you can't get any better love than that. John 1, 3, 1, 1 through 3 and then verse 14 talks about this Jesus. And when we read the word about the word word in these verses, he is talking about Jesus. He says, in the beginning was the word. That's Jesus. And the word Jesus was with God and the word Jesus was God. He was in the beginning with God. And verse 3 says, all things came into being through him. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Jesus was around at the very beginning of time. And then this verse 14 is a great verse because it speaks volumes. It is part of that truth that we looked at uh, this morning in, in, in Psalms. And in verse 14 it says, And the word Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, glory as the only begotten Son from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. And the word became flesh. And he became a man. You see, Jesus could have stayed on his throne. He could have stayed up there where everything was just really good. And everything was perfect. He could have stayed up there. And as he looked down on this old world and saw the wickedness and the evilness. And how bad people were. These old low down rascals out here if you would. And he could have looked down and said man I'm not going to do that. They deserve what they get. They deserve punishment forever and forever. They deserve the lake of fire. He could have very easily sat there and said father I think we're going to pass on this one. Let's do something different or just let them rot. But you know what he did? He did not do that. He did not do that. See, Jesus left his throne. He left his throne where he was worshipped, where he was loved, where he was respected, where he was praised, and where he was worshipped. And he left that. And he said he went a place of perfection, and he became a man. He became a man just like you and I. He was 100% man. He was 100% God. I don't know how that works, but I trust the Bible. That's what it tells me, okay? You do the math, that's that's some of that funny math, I think. But I want you to know that when he became a man, he dealt with mockery. He dealt with betrayal. He dealt with sadness. He dealt with temptation. He dealt with sin. He dealt with crucifixion. It was not an easy life, was it? But he came and he left his throne and he became a man and all that, that stuff that goes with that becoming a man. And he did that so that you and I would have an opportunity to have salvation, that you and I would not have to pay the penalty for our sins in a, in a place that the Bible says is, is a fire and brimstone of hell. He did that just for you, and he did that just for me. That is agape love. That is conditional love. That is sacrificial love. You can't find any kind of love bigger and better than that right there. You know, he considered our needs. (laughs) He considered our need of a Savior for an eternity above his comfort and above his life. He thought of us, knowing what he would have to, like the Bible says, endure the cross and despise the shame, Hebrews 12, 2. He knew it. And yet he thought of us more than he thought of himself. Philippians 2 and 3 says this, but with humility of mind, 
regard one another as more important than yourselves. And verse 5 says, have this attitude in yourselves, which is in also Christ Jesus. He was thinking of you. He was thinking of me. He was not thinking of himself. You see, he wants every one of us to live with him forever. And I don't know about you, but if there's one thing that you would want to be thankful for this season, that's probably it. <laughs> that he came and he died and he rose again, offering you salvation. He willingly gave up his life, endured the cross, despised the shame, and now where is he? The Bible says he sits at the right hand of the Father. You know, sometimes people will give their lives for uh, someone else. Uh, like the little boy in the story, he was willing to die for his sister. It doesn't happen very often. Maybe you've heard that, that somebody would be willing to die for a child or for a family member or a super close friend, if you would. Somebody would do that. But you don't hear about it very often. I mean, it would have to be somebody that you really loved and felt close to. But you see, the love of, of Jesus is different than that. You see, the love of Jesus, see, he died for the undeserving and the unworthy. You understand it? He died for the undeserving and the unwilling. You see, he died for those who, who put that crown of thorn on his head and made him bleed. He died for those guys that pulled his beard out and mocked him and made fun of him on the way to Calvary. He died for those that, that uh, yelled insults at him. He died for those who put the nails in his hands and in his feet, who attached him to that cross. He had died for all those that were watching. He died for the vilest criminal that there ever was. You see, he died for the unworthy. And as he hung between heaven and earth, as he was tapped onto that cross, he looks up at his father and he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You know what kind of love that is? That is agape love. That is unconditional love. That is sacrificial love. That's how Jesus loves the unworthy. You see, he even died for those that hated him. He died for those that rebelled against him. He died for those that could care less about him. He died for those that disrespected him. He died for those that mocked him and rejected him. And that's what we always speak about from the pulpits, you know. He, he died for the vilest. He died for all those folks that just were, were just awful, and we get that. But I'm going to tell you somebody else that he died for, that we don't ever think about this. He died for all the really good people in this world, all those guys that were real and gals that were just super good people. He died for them. He, he died for all those really nice people that would never say anything about anybody else. He died for them. He died for all these loving people, 
All these folks that, that, that are in church and out of church that, man, you just, just love on everybody and you pat them on the back and tell them, man, you guys, you are so special. You, you are such a loving person and a good person and a caring person. He even died for them. He died for the poorest peasant. He died for the richest ruler. He died for everybody. Do you understand that? And why would he do that? Why would he die for all these really good people? that everybody likes and all these popular people and the nice people? Well, I got to tell you, Romans 3.23 tells us this one thing. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You see, every person in this room does not deserve what Jesus did on the cross. You don't deserve it. Every person in this room, your life is no different than the, than the thief that was hanging on the cross. Maybe you didn't kill nobody. Maybe you haven't stole from anybody. But the Bible says your sin, his sin, my sin, your sin, have separated you for eternity from holy God. And unless you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, fire and brimstone is your future, the Bible says. Why would he die for the good, the nice, and the loving? Because he died for everybody. He died for everybody wanting to give you an opportunity to accept him as Lord and Savior. I don't know if you'd ever thought about that. Yeah, he died for the wicked. But you know, before you were saved, <laughs> I hate to tell you this, but you were the part of the wicked. You were part of the, the sinners. You were part of the vilest. You would have part of, been part of the one who would have put the nails in his hands before you were saved. You see? You needed a Savior. And he died for you too. That's agape love, is it not? That's unconditional love. That's sacrificial love. Romans 5, 6 says this. For while we were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Before you were saved, you were the ungodly. And he still died for you. He gave the most he could give was his life to the most undeserving people. Thank you, Jesus, for doing that. Thank you, Jesus, for doing that. You know, when... Christ just demonstrated his love on a cross for us. That is just the beginning for a person's life. Did you know that? When you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, you become a child of God. You are co-heirs of the kingdom. You are one of his forever and forever and forever. That's a really good thing, I'm here to tell you. When we accepted Christ as Lord and Savior... The Bible says he has put the Holy Spirit within our lives as a seal of our redemption. Every born-again believer in this world has, has the Holy Spirit that leads, guides, and direction. When we became a, a born-again believer, the Bible says, he says, I will never fail you nor forsake you. He says, I will be your continuous friend. I will be a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. That's who we accepted as Lord and Savior. When we gave our heart and life to Jesus Christ, I hope 
that He became your Savior, yes. And so many times in, in a believer's life, that's where we stop. We stop at the idea that He is my Savior. He has saved me. I am good for eternity. I've got my fire insurance, and I'm good to go for the rest of my life, for an eternity. He is my Savior. Yes, He is. But if you've truly been born again, He's more than Savior. He has to be more than Savior. He has to be Lord of your life. He has to be the Lord of your life. He has to be the one who's calling the shots. He has to be the one who you come to daily asking for guidance and for wisdom and for help. He has to be Lord. He has to be where you are submitting your life to Him. That's what's known as Lord and Savior. You got the fire insurance, but you got to make Him Lord. You got to make Him your top priority. You got to hunger and thirst, the Bible says, after His righteousness. He has to be Lord of your life if He's ever going to be Savior of your life. If you just stop and think about, well, He saved me. Yeah, I know He has. I'm good. I'm good for eternity. But you know what? I'm going to live my life how I want to. I'm going to go do my own thing. I'm not ever going to consult Him. I'm not going to go to church. I'm not going to do any of that kind of stuff. He's not Lord if that's the case. You want fire insurance, but you don't want to submit? No, I don't work that way, boys and girls. You gotta be, he's Lord, and He's got to be Savior. And He wants that in your life. He longs for that. He longs for that submission to be Lord. Aren't you glad Jesus loves you that much? Aren't you glad that He, he allowed His body to be beaten, to shed His blood on the cross? Aren't you glad that He died on that cross and aren't you glad three days later he rose again he was resurrected from the dead and the Bible says that he, at this moment he's at the right hand of the father that my friend is exciting news that is something to be thankful for that is agape love unconditional love that is sacrificial love and that's something that we need to remember during this Christmas, Christmas, Thanksgiving season, man, I want to urge you, like I've told you before, if you would just thank him for salvation, thank him for that cross, thank him for the blood he shed, thank him for his resurrection, and thank him that he did it all for you in order for you to be able to live with him for an eternity. I mean, it's, it's not rocket science, is it? Accept him as Lord and Savior. You have eternal life. Let's pray. Father God, we, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for uh, the love that was just demonstrated on the cross. Father, we, we thank you that he did it not in a concern for himself, but a love for us. Father, we are so thankful for that. Father, I pray that uh, as, a, as a church and as individual people, we will never lose sight of that. We'll never get over the fact what Jesus did on the cross. We'll never get over the fact of salvation. We'll never get over the fact that we could never, ever, ever save ourselves. It's only through the blood of Jesus that we've been saved. Father, I, 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 I pray for that. I long for that for this in our church. That our people are just, that's who our people are. A people of thankfulness, 
of salvation that only you could provide. Father, we thank you for that. Father, we love you. We look forward to what we're fixing to do. Observe this Lord's Supper, God. I pray it brings you nothing but glory and honor. In your holy and precious name, I ask these things. Amen. Dirk, uh, I put your attention to the screens here just for a minute, please. Dirk, play that video.